Welcome to Public Showering, created by me, Sophie Duncan. This is the only podcast designed specifically for pole artists, aerialists, and movers of all kinds who want to learn how to build amazing choreography, tell your stories, and be the best performer you can be. Part of my Sadasi creative coaching system, I'll help you unlock your full fierce and creative selves using professional dance, theater, choreography, and circus tools, plus a hint of real life backstage stories and some simple confidence boosting skills. Hi friends, well, welcome back for another public showering podcast with me, Sophie Duncan, and I'm very, very happy to have you with me again. This week we're going to be talking about what I would essentially describe my entire career of being, which is physical theatre. So you may have never heard this term before, and maybe you have, but otherwise I'm going to give you a bunch of stuff that's explaining what it is and also some examples so you can go forth and you can go and check out a few different companies. I'm actually talking about two specific companies that I really, really love um, and also that I've sort of done, not worked for, but I've done either auditions and things in it. So I can give you a small insight as to to how these kind of companies work. Um, So first of all, I'm going to start by saying that contemporary dance is huge. So I already mentioned it in one of my very, very first podcasts called Everybody Can Dance. And what I just want to get back into your mind is that contemporary dance is huge. But the word contemporary just means new. That's all it means, right? So, well, most of the time, and I, to be honest, it really does my head in because I'm just like, oh, guys, it just... If you say contemporary dance in a sort of pole workshop or something like that. Like, actually, a couple of weeks ago, I was teaching at Stack, which was an absolutely fabulous day for me. It was a whole two two days of everything. But I was teaching contemporary dance. And I think in that one, I was down for doing contemporary flow, um, which at least it was sort of... You got an idea of what kind of contemporary I might be doing. But let me remind you that, actually, contemporary just... It's too much of a broad word to actually describe what it is that we're doing in pole. Um... When you get into contemporary dance, and bear in mind, if you listen to the podcast where I'd explain that actually my degree is in contemporary dance, you really go into the meat of it and there's so many different styles. So I'm going to generalise it so you can kind of get an idea of actually how big contemporary dance really is and why we should be more specific when we're saying. So if you're a studio owner or if you are a a performer yourself, maybe consider um, how you could probably better name contemporary dance if you're going to do it's a contemporary pole class with somebody think of it like this if you imagine if you compare contemporary to the film industry so within film you get all your different genres so you'll get i don't know horror thriller drama comedy romance etc 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 and then within those genres you have specific directors that do their version of say horror in their own way So then you get all these different people doing their own things. So then that's exactly the same for contemporary dance. There are loads of different styles of contemporary dance and different directors and choreographers will make contemporary dance into the way that they want it to be. So as you can imagine, it's, it's massive. It's really, really huge. And just for sort of argument's sake, before I get into physical theatres, what I want to talk about today, which you could say that this is a branch of contemporary dance, but it also flows into the branch of actual theatre as well. So if I just sort of rally off a few 
few styles of contemporary dance. Let's say the absolute max you would have neoclassical ballet. So if I'm talking about ballet, ballet, let's let's say that that's not contemporary because it's not. It's ballet. It's an old thing. Contemporary is new, so you can get contemporary ballet, neoclassical ballet, people like Balanchine. Um, that would fit into like the top end of like the most classic and technical. And then you can get things all on either side, which is completely experimental. Um, really individual and small companies do like massive crazy things. The you know the the sound, the music, the everything. It's just it's chaos. That would be its its own thing. And in the middle, you have all this other stuff that goes from super formalized ballet to completely experimental. And within that, you also have different dribbles of theatre. So you get this term dance theatre within contemporary dance as well, which often means that there is a story going on. And through dance, you explain what's going on and within the movement. Um, but you have, in the, let's say, the, the top brow of it, you have, with the neoclassical and then sort of like technical contemporary dance, you have things like Horton, Cunningham, Graham, these are like three major techniques that you hear of a lot and that I've been trained in, in Cunningham. And the actual Cunningham technique is made by a guy called Merce Cunningham. And he, I will talk about him one day actually, because it's a really great choreographic tool. But it's really, really, you can Google Merce Cunningham and you'll see the way of contemporary dance. And this is probably the way that you will probably perceive contemporary dance and sort of the lines and stuff that you want to make. Um, and... Today I'm going to talk about physical theatre, which is the best, in my opinion, because it's the most fun. And in my opinion, it's the most accessible because we like stories. We like telling stories. So I'm going to tell you what it's not. <laughs> There's another very, very famous choreographer called Matthew Bourne. And Matthew Bourne, you would say, does sort of neoclassical ballet and uses ballet in his shows. And He's famed for remaking classics like Swan Lake, Nutcracker, Carmen, and retelling the story in a really colourful, really vibrant way and making it more relevant to today. This is not physical theatre. There are elements of physical theatre within that show, and physical theatre is essentially acting, but with a more stylized way of moving in, in one respect, in one argument. So when I relate this back to pole dancing, we are essentially doing parts of physical theatre within what we're doing but we could possibly even coin a brand new thing sort of like circus theatre <laughs> essentially because you know with pole it's a whole new thing it's, it's, it's a great tool to have on stage so physical theatre as a thing is a storytelling device it's something that is, again is really broad different companies do different things and it also invites more possibilities to do with things like text and music and setting. And often you you might find pieces that you'd call site-specific. So instead of being in a formal space like a black box theatre, uh, a theatre or a studio, you might find them often in pubs or <laughs> it's in like as in a new place, a, a pub or um, I don't know, in a park, outside, something like this. So one company that I'm going to talk about because I'm incredibly passionate about them and sadly, I think it was April the 18th, 2022, they finally said, we're done. And Lloyd Newson, who is the creator of that company that's been going for like 25, 30 years, finally said, I'm done. <laughs> Lloyd Newson is possibly one of the most terrifying men I've ever met in my life, but an absolute genius. And... I'm going to tell you it's like a small little story actually like a little geeky moment I had when I was at university so I was obsessed with DVA and I, I really loved everything about them because they're 
I love all the stories that well, they tell a lot of political stories, uh, comments on um, socialism and things that are happening around us, and also they use differently able bodies and and it's there's a lot of it's a lot of heavy stuff actually. So please go forth and Google them. It's literally D V eight, um, and you'll find lots of incredible stories um, that, that that they've told. So when I was at university, we had to study a specific piece. Um, called The Cost of Living, which is a fantastic dance film. So again, if you can, if you've got the time, it's about 30 minutes long. It's absolutely fantastic. The Cost of Living is probably one of the most famous pieces of dance choreography, I would say, in the in the world, especially if you're um, doing GCSE dance or something like this. Like it's, it's pretty much one of the most famous. Next to something called Enter Achilles, which is it's one of the first pieces that you would see I think really, if you're if you're a boy, like I, even when I was starting dance, boys dancing was still sort of a bit of a niche. Um, and Enter Achilles was one of those things which I think, if you're a guy, I know that it inspired a lot of my male dance friends because it's beautiful, beautiful dance, incredible partner work. So yeah, if anyone's out there thinking about doing partner work, that piece I've taken pieces bits of choreography from that my entire career because it's just stunning um so when i see university we had to study one we had to learn some of the choreography um and i really went in and i did this whole presentation um about it and then two days later i bumped into lloyd newson the director at a uh, an event I, I don't think it was for deviate it was for something else and he was there and i was like <gasps> Oh my god and i just don't know how i did it but i got the the bravery in me to speak with him and I, at this point, hadn't met him in real th- in real life because later on in my career I did auditions for him. Um, but he scared the bejeebus out of me. He's incredibly intellectual. He also had a, has a psychology degree. I think he's a, a PhD. And I was asking him questions and imagine I'm like really freaking out and I'm like 20 years old and I'm just like, hi Lloyd, so can I can I really ask you about how you made the, the cost of living? Like, what, 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 was the, what was the basis of the movement? And, and he was sat there like... Okay, well, actually, it's this. And he gave me a lot of time, so thank you, Lloyd, for that moment. Anyway, I'll stop talking about my life now. So, physical theatre and deviate. It's a really great tool, and I hope that you can all be very inspired about these pieces that I've already mentioned. So, Enter Achilles, The Cost of Living. I'll talk a little bit about The Cost of Living, because this piece features an artist... um, He's called, he's called Dave Turner and is an artist, a dancer that was born, uh, I'm not sure exactly what was the problem, but he basically had an issue with his legs, which meant that he had to have them amputated as a child. So he grew up with no legs. And this guy's a dancer. So if there's anyone out there saying, I'm not sure if I can dance and you're fully able-bodied, then this guy has no legs. No one has any excuse to not be able to dance. Like, really. Incredible artist. Everything, obviously, is done on his hands. And in The Cost of Living, they're talking literally about life. And he's the, the text that they're, they're using in, in things. So when I, whenever I say the word text, I'm just saying they're talking. is all about his perception and people looking at him and in his body. And it's really interesting. And there's two, there's two characters in that. So what I want you to think about is the actual the words that happen during this. So at the very start of The Cost of Living is an incredible moment where the sort of lead actor, he's part of a imaginary, not an imaginary, um, automated, that's the word, an automated clown thing, like on a, on a, 
pier in Brighton. And I will never, ever get over the way that his head moves and there's six actors all moving exactly the same way and it's like they're fully automated and the body control of that is insane and whilst he's doing that he's shouting out everyone saying like why are we here what the fuck are we doing here what's the fucking point in all this and it's just one of the most powerful pieces of movement you'll ever see because you can see this person doing an automated movement and he's literally stuck in life and in that moment and he's just shouting at you, what's the problem? What's happening? And it's so powerful and it's such an interesting tool and something that I've yet to see really anyone speaking on stage in a poll routine. Um, often we use text as in through the music. And this is a really impressive tool. So what's great about the physical theatre in this is that he's telling his story in a way that we can just see the problem in such a simple and honest moment that all the information that we need to know is done straight away. And this is why physical theatre is so fun and so so exciting. It's a great example of how to explain things simply. So that's one of the benefits of physical theatre as one aspect of contemporary dance is because you can explain things in your movement and your the text or the music or anything that's going on around you can be saying one thing and you could literally be saying something else <laughs> so some of the techniques that physical theater can use as well and again i'm going to use deviate as an example is it's a really 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 clever way of bringing in the big story and what's good about physical theater is it often do, it juxtaposes what's actually being said and by juxtapose it literally means turn it on its head so in another show that I've done before, and I actually had to do this in an audition, so can you imagine this? It's absolutely terrifying. Um, I was given a small iPod shuffle, back when those were a thing, an iPod shuffle, and in it was an interview of a, an MP, a female MP. Um, and I can't remember what, the, what she was saying at the time, but I vaguely remember it was something to do with a scandal that she was involved in, um, it, was, it was a very serious text anyway and my job in that audition was as the text was being played into my ear I had to immediately say it out loud in the same as close to the same voice and the same accent and I had to move at the same time I had to improvise but as I was moving I had to move in a way that was really anti what she was saying so she was really to the point and really like flat and but I had to move calmly and smoothly and this is really a, again a clever way of sort of juxtaposing what's happening so think about in your pieces if you've ever needed to sort of explain something and a lot of us we talk about things like our inner feelings like am I okay um even though I show myself to be happy in on the inside I'm not feeling great we we often use these techniques. So if we, instead of using the music or finding a, a, some lyrics in the music that explain that, why not think about how your body can do this? And this is a great show for this. So again, it's called The Cost of Living. Please, 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 please watch it. <laughs> um, what's what, what you could do, as an example, is you can put music on that's really uplifting and really beautiful and really incredible and you can perform in your body in a way that shows that you're proud and you feel great about everything 
But then your face and your head can be doing something completely different. It can be solid, it can be straight, it can be... It can be saying what you're actually thinking. And this is like a little technique of physical theatre, which I think would be a great way for people to reconsider how they tell stories. So all the parts of sort of physical theatre that I love to do is what I call uh, heightened pedestrian movement, which sounds very fancy, but it is not. Um, and again, this is something that you could definitely play with on your own. Often what happens in physical theatre, as again, a super general point that I'm making, is... You, there'll be a task that needs to be done that is really a normal task, but you'll sort of expand on that idea, expand on that concept. So this is a very fun game that you can play on your own. So this is a little, little homework, should you want to do it. I've actually done this in shows before, and again, you'll see this in some of my, um, my poll routines. My most recent one for poll theatre UK, in the art category, I was uh, manipulating a wine bottle and a glass um, which is actually plastic, and it actually fell off on stage, which is slightly embarrassing, but hey-ho. <laughs> and all of the movement was very organised, and it was very... Every single movement had a reason. So, again, a good thing and a good example of any physical theatre, and you'll see this in Deviate, you'll see this for companies like Punch Drunk or choreographers called uh, such as um, Crystal Pite. Every single movement it has a reason. There's no wasted movement. And that's important because, A, it helps keep the actual show down and it keeps your movement logical. And if you want to tell something, tell it straight. You don't need fluff. <laughs> Editing stuff is a very good thing. So in that one, for your heightened pedestrian movement, which is just a very small aspect of physical theatre, if you look at my video or if you look at any physical theatre production, if there's a bottle or something that needs to be moved, you can literally play with it and just make it tell its own story. <laughs> I don't know. I'm literally. I wish you could see me because I'm being really like I'm basically moving in my own studio right now, which is funny. But for example, as as basic as picking up a phone. So if you could do this as your own example, like go just go and pick up your phone. Okay, just pick it up. Great. I just did this right now. I picked up my phone and I immediately wanted to go and look at Instagram because that's what I always do. So. Instead of just picking up your phone, you can do something different. What if you were to go quickly with your hand and then stop above your phone and then go pick it up? What does that now tell a story of? It's not you casually going to grab your phone. It could be. It could mean a lot of things. It could mean that you've been waiting for a call forever and it finally comes and you go <gasps> to go get it and then you stop, you have a think, and then you go and pick it up. It's a brand new story. What if we do the opposite way around? What if we go slowly to the phone and then we very quickly pick up the phone? <laughs> I'm doing this, can you hear it? <laughs> it tells a different story. So what you can do whenever you're thinking, so this is like a very basic example of physical theatre. If you need to go pick something up, think of different ways you can do it and see what the story does, and see how that changes. And we can do this literally as we're going to the pole as well. If you imagine the pole is your prop, you, the way that you attack the pole suggests so much about your character and why you're going over to the pole and what's going on over there. Again, it's physical theatre. Everything we do in, in pole is physical theatre. So, yeah, I hope that makes a little bit of sense. I hope I've given you a bit of a, a round of it. Um, 
and I'll, again, I'll tell you another random sort of story that I experienced from Deviate using text. So I will do a podcast all about learning text and how you can translate that into movement because it's, it's interesting, it's hard, but it's really fun. I, in an audition for Deviate again, I <laughs> had to learn an entire A4 piece of paper, like that was full of sort of size 12 text. I had to learn that entire paper in one hour, the entire thing. And we'd previously just learned a load of choreography. <laughs> that each part, each line of the text meant something. Because in the show that we were learning it from, the woman had a pen and she drew on her body as the text happened. So you actually have to make a perfect pattern as this happened. Again, an incredible way because that particular text was about... Um, it was about how a woman's body is seen and the actual story was actually a, a really horrible story about how she'd been um, sexually abused and the role had to you had to keep a very straight face and she was just telling the story as it happened as if she was doing a police report and then she would draw on her body at the same time and do it in a particular pattern and it was honestly one of the most mind-numbingly hard but incredible things to ever have to do so again, this is a great example of heightened movement, heightened pedestrian movement, and so many things happen all at once. She was giving a direct text about something that had happened. We could see the pen moving along the body in a certain way, so she was actually, you know, fully, like, he was like a marker. She was fully covered by the end of the text, and the body has to be moving, and it was doing all these things. So, so many things were being told. Three things were happening all at once. So imagine that in your poll routine when you're trying to make these incredibly complex stories. Think about how you can condense it using physical theatre to make it into one. <laughs> now, if you are part of Club Soda, <laughs> I'll be putting various worksheets and things onto that. Otherwise, stay tuned in. <laughs> I'll be giving some more examples of physical theatre. In the meantime, please go out there, check out companies like DVA, so that's DV8, other companies... Punch Drunk, huge, huge, huge UK company. They are really, really famous for immersive theatre, like really, truly immersive theatre. Crystal Pite is an incredible Canadian choreographer who I love, and I was very inspired by her for my Paul Theatre UK piece. Um, and she has a, a show called The Statement, which, again, went pretty viral um, because of how incredible it is, and every single line has a movement, and that is one of the most beautiful forms of physical theatre I've ever seen. And also... Other companies that are a little bit more abstract. Uh, Motion House is another company. They're actually very physical, very, very physical, but they also tell stories in slightly different ways. Um, and also an artist called uh, Kate Prince. Uh, so Kate Prince, she works for a company called Zoo Nation, and they use things like breakdancing to tell stories. So there's a bunch of companies that you can go for. Oh, Jasmine Vardaman. Ah, oh, Jasmine Vardaman, another, another company that is definitely worth looking at. Um, also just very eccentric and extra and exciting so anyway these are people to look at go check them out if you're already part of club soda i'll be putting some of these ideas onto the website otherwise i'll see you next time if you're loving what you've been hearing in the public showering podcast you have to experience sadasi www.soduncan.com slash sadasi it's the online community that is everything you've been hearing in public showering, plus so much more. It's where you can get one-to-one -one help bringing all these ideas to your own work, 
It's where you can learn new creative coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will blow your mind even more. And it's where you can hang out and chat with other Sadasi members just like you and help each other unlock your creative potential. It's fun, it's chill, and I'm there for you when you need that little bit of extra support. So come join us at www.soduncan.com slash Sadasi. It's been a pleasure to have you with me today. I'll see you there. Love you, bye-bye. <laughs>